0: The What's it all about? Show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! to end this I need a myself. How is everyone doing? Welcome to the What's It All About MMA show with me, Al Roberts. Episode thirty-eight. Hope you're all keeping well. Hope everyone's okay. Um, yeah, big show today. I've got I've got an absolute shit ton to talk about. I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be a big one. Um, yeah, massive thanks thanks to JMA Radio as always. JMA Occasions, um, obviously Timmy's Byron Kitchen. Massive shout out to those boys and girls down there making some exquisite cuisine. Yeah, um, go check out Timmy's Baron Kitchen online go follow them on facebook instagram they also have a shop now so you can buy all sorts of little bits and pieces from them yeah go check them out especially if you're in the uh, carlisle area in the uk it's well worth well worth going in there and uh, ordering little bits and pieces but yeah um this week man got quite a lot to talk about to say the least i've got quite a lot um Obviously the big topic today is going to be this weekend's huge UFC 258 card, which was a fucking banger of a card to say the least, but the main topic is obviously going to be Cameron Osman and his absolute um, third round destruction of Gilbert Burns. Um, wow, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, basically the welterweight division and what's next in that. A lot to talk about there. I'm going to talk about, uh, a little bit about Ariel Hawani's interview with Nate Diaz this past week or so, and what I think, what, what I think should be next for him, really. He seems game to fight. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about next week's card um, for the UFC, which is going to be uh, Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. And we're also going to talk about the Bellator light heavyweight tournament that's coming up very soon as well. So yeah, there is an absolute shit ton to try and get through today. I'm going to do my best to bomb through it and give my opinions, give my take on a lot of it. Uh, yeah. So, I'm going to dive in head-fucking-first. Um, this last weekend, we had UFC 258, which was an absolutely banger. Absolute banger of a card. Um, I like answers, but I like questions more. I really do. Like, And I think this is, gave us a lot of answers, but also opened up a lot of questions. The main... The main point we've got to kick off on is Kamaru Usman's um, destruction of Gilbert Burns. Jesus Christ How like how good is Camero Usman? Like it's rhetorical, he's fucking mint. He honestly is. Like he's people have been people have been sleeping on Camero Usman too much. They really have. Like the guy is just a a specimen of an athlete. A dominant, and now dominant champion to say the least. Um, I think for a long time, even I was guilty of this, where everyone saw him as just a wrestler. Uh, don't get me wrong, a fucking good wrestler. But the more the more he's fought recently, the more you just see that there is a different. There's different levels to his to his techniques and his game. He, there really is. Um, massive credit to Gilbert Burns, who came out like a fucking man on fire in the first round um really had Usman really hurt with a real vicious sort of overhand hook man I'll be honest I thought Gilbert was gonna walk away with the title this weekend I really did um judging just from that first round I was like god damn like this guy has came in to finish Usman Usman turned it around and put it on him um Cameron Usman might have the scariest jab in MMA. He really might fuck me. Like, wow. Like, he just... um, I think Burns blew his wad a little bit in that first round trying to finish at Usman, and you could see he lost a lot of pop in that second round. And he, yeah, lost a lot of pop and just looked flat in the second. And then the third round, Usman just proceeded to beat the living shit out of him on the ground. Um, Cameron Osman is a scary, scary human being, and certainly is a fucking problem to everyone at welterweight. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know who's going in there to beat that guy. I think I generally think there's probably there's a lot of good guys in that division who can give him a good run. Do not get me wrong, but man, it is a tall order to get that title off that man. A tall order. But all oh, credit to Gilbert Burns, man. Gilbert Burns has been on a tear. He's he's looked like an absolute world beater. And he did in this fight. He, that first round, he looked like he looked like the new welterweight champion. I'm not going to lie. He really fucking did. I'm quite a big fan of Usman. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think he's a, a serious dominant force. But even going into this fight, I, I thought, you know what? Burns goes hell for leather like he did in that first. Man, he, he can put most people away, no problem. Gilbert Burns has also got some absolutely terrifying jiu-jitsu to anyone in MMA. Anyone, whether it be lightweight or welterweight. That guy will rip one of your fucking limbs off if you give him it. He really will. And I think that was there in this fight. You didn't see any jiu-jitsu, but Gilbert Burns is on his back, and Usman did not want any fucking part of diving into that guard. He wanted no part of it, which is a fucking smart move at the best of times. But yeah, Cameroon fucking Usman man, like Jesus. What an absolute destroyer. Um yeah, we're gonna come back and talk a lot about the welterweight division after I've run through the card and talked about quite a few other performances, but Cameroon Usman, man, Jesus wept. Um the core main event for this was a upcomer and future future serious future prospect, Macy Barber, versus Alexa Grasso. Grasso taking it on quite a clean decision win for me. Um, Alexa Grasso's striking is crisp. It is technically crisp. Macy Barber's only 22, I believe. Um, she's lost the last two fights against, seriously, one a veteran in Roxanne Madaferi and lost this fight against an absolute kickboxing whirlwind that is Alexa Grasso. No shame. Macy Barber's only 22. She has got time. There is a she has got this unbelievably great base um, and skill set to build upon. She's she's blatantly a good wrestler, a good grappler. Um, she throws heavy shots. Her striking's a bit wild, but I think that tightens up, and she's a serious threat. And I can't emphasize enough that she's 22. People are writing her off like, you know, the hype train. The hype train's been derailed. I don't think she was ever really a hype train, just a serious prospect to watch. But I think I think you you know what I mean. She's got time to build, grow, and get better. She's only twenty two. Give the girl some time. Alexa Grasso, on the other hand, is a fucking force in that division. Man, that girl's striking is crisp, accurate, fast. Very good tech bo- t- uh, kickboxer. Also, I was really impressed with um. She used a lot of sort of an under under eh, excuse me underhook and sort of a half plum for a lot of the. A lot of the defence against the cage and to set set up a lot of knees as well. Really impressed me with that. Really like sort of mixing in the wrestling with the tie boxing was pretty fucking impressive. I, I liked I liked what she did in that fight. But a great win for Alexa Grasso. Really good win. Um, definitely catapults her uh, further up in the division. And yeah, I think I think there's a, a lot of good fights out there for her. I really do. We've got Kelvin Gaslam. Snapping a three-fight skid, which is great to see. Big fan of Kelvin Gaslam against um, Ian Hynish. Uh Gaslam, people forgot Gaslam's a fucking wrestler. Like, people seem to forget this because he's got such good boxing and, you know what I mean? He's he's that good of a striker that people forget how good his wrestling is. And especially even when he gets taken down, that, that little guy fucking scrambles and gets back up. He really does. It. He's fucking good at it. He's really good at getting that scramble. Working his way back to his feet, very fucking impressive at that. Um, I would have liked, despite him getting the win. Don't get me wrong; I was ecstatic to see Gaslam snap his skid. But even in this fight, I would have liked to see him see see him get let his hands go a lot more. You know what I mean? Um, I did feel like he was quite reserved with his with his boxing. But I also think that Ian Heinisch didn't engage the way I think he would have. Like he maybe could have if he if he had a bit more of a gas tank. I think that's my take on that. But Calvin Gaslam has one of the best he's a southpaw, but one of the best. Check right hook, and then he will fire that left hand down the pipe. Oh, he's left straight, he's left cross, so to speak, is fucking terrifying. You look at the um look at the Michael Bispin knockout, also look at his knockout of Vito Belfort. Another one, and also uh, Tim Kennedy. Those three knockouts are all off the back of that fucking piston missile straight left. Uh, But yeah, Gaslam, great team fight, uh, break his three-fight skid. Obviously, he lost a very close decision against Israel Adesanya, the current champ for the interim championship. He then had a run-in with um, kickboxing scouser Darren Till. Came off quite a close fight there as well, to be honest. Like, and then he just got. To be honest with you, I thought he was going to run through Jack Manson, and you know what I mean. Jack Manson is a jiu jitsu whiz, and just wrapped up Kelvin in a nasty heel hook and got the tap. You know what I mean? When you, this is the thing. When like you talk, people talk about uh, fighters going on skids and going on uh, losing streaks. You got to look at who they lose to, though. Like, that's three. That's three absolute. Fucking killers in the middleweight division, and Gaslam lost two close decisions. And then just got caught in a heel hook, man. It, it happens. Um, but yeah, good to see Gaslam back on back on the back on the win. Um, curious to see who get who he gets next. I think that division's wide open for him. Where he sat sat at nine in the rankings. Anyone and everyone for Gaslam. I think I don't think he's bothered about fighting anyone in particular. Um, we had a featherweight fight: Ricky Ricky Simone versus Brian Keller, Callagher. Uh, Ricky Simone just shut Kelleher down. Ricky Simone has looked like a fucking destroyer in his last couple of fights, man. He's 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 wrestling is fucking good, very good. Um, there was a lot. Um, Joe Rogan pointed out a lot to do with his wrestling this weekend, especially his level changes. The guy, the guy doesn't get tired. He goes a hundred mile an hour. Um, very, I think he's going to be one of those guys who. He's going to be a bit of an underrated striker. I think once, once he starts getting more confidence in his striking as a striker, not just to set up his fucking shit up wrestling, I think he's going to be a serious threat in that division. I really do. I think he's. I'm not saying he's running for the title, but he's going to give people a lot of problems at featherweight or bantamweight. The guy, the guy's a fucking machine. Uh, middleweight fight. We had Maki Patolo versus Julian Marquez. This had, this might have been the best battle of the nicknames ever. We had Coconut Bombs versus the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, this was such a fucking good fight, man. Like Maki Patolo is on a three-fight skid after this fight. He lost by submission with literally 40 seconds to go, 43 seconds to go. Um has taking this fight as well. Maki Patolo is known as just literally a technical brawler. I'd say, comes in, throws bombs, um, and gets in dogfights with everyone. He's, you know what? He brought wrestling with this fight. He looked damn good. He charged. He 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 marched Julian Marquez down off the off the bat. Just boom, right in, rocks him a little bit. Gets some fucking good good um, good hands on him. Then shoots in, gets a takedown. Spent a lot of the first two rounds controlling Marquez on the ground and looked fucking good doing it. A lot of back and forth, third round, all out wall between them. And Marquez, right throughout this fight, was going for a guillotine. He was trying to set up whether it would be standing, whether it would be on the ground. He was constantly chasing that guillotine whenever, and he kept going for it and kept going for it. Um, Patolo kept escaping it, and then literally 43 seconds to go in the fight. And Julian Marquez wraps up a guillotine. Uh Pitolo tries to roll out of it. Julian Marquez snatches it in well, snatches up a beautiful Anaconda choke from the guillotine. Fucking amazing submission. An amazing comeback win as well. Um very impressed. I was very impressed with that win. Um it also completely fucked my accumulator at the weekend, but we can let that go for such a sick win, to be honest. I'm willing to let that go um unbelievable submission though very impressive maki Patolo i still think is a serious threat in middleweight i really do just i think he's hes he slows down as the fight goes like more like it happens a lot don't get me wrong but um yeah i think he's, he just needs to work on his on his conditioning his cardio we're seeing he's improving his wrestling we're seeing his improve he, he's already a fucking hellish striker, but Julian Marquez impressed the shit out of me with just. Sustainability. He 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 was not leaving that fight, and then to snatch up such an amazing submission in that in that third round is just incredible. Um, But yeah, great main card though. Like a lot of decisions on this card, but I I was saying about this last week. I don't give a fuck about decisions when it's a good fight. I honestly don't really give two shits. Um, I'm happy to watch anyone. I'd watch half of these guys fight a fucking plastic bag in the wind if it was a good fight. I really would. Um, yeah, the prelim card, full of full of bangers as well. Not going to lie, full of very fucking good fights. We had uh, Rodolfo, Rodolfo Vieira against Anthony Hernandez. This was something else. This was, this, wow. Um, from what I know about Vieira and what I've heard about him um, and what I've looked into, so to speak, Multiple ADCC jiu-jitsu champion, grappling champion. The guy's built like fucking an absolute fucking destroyer. He looks he looks like he will snap you in two. Um, this, the way this start, fight started basically was Vieira grabbing out of Hernandez, slamming him into the ground and proceeding to try and fucking take his soul. That is it. He was just heavy top pressure and just was destroying Hernandez for that first first half of that first round. Um, Anthony, bear in mind, Vieira is a certified world champion grappler black belt. World champion. Like, champion caliber, best of the best black belt in jiu-jitsu, from what I've read into. Anthony Hernandez, from what I hear, is a fucking blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Round two, Anthony Hernandez beats the shit out of Vieira on the feet, lands some fucking nasty striking, just goes hell for leather, and just tries to headhunt the fucker till he gets it down, wraps wraps him up, dives into a one in a uh, what was it, a guillotine, um, arm in guillotine, boom, submits Vieira. It's this. If you don't know who either of these two guys are, trust me, this was one of the... I believe um, they were talking about the odds on the UFC. It was 30-1 to 1 for Hernandez to beat Vieira by submission. 30-1. to 1. If someone was crazy enough to cash in on that, then good for them, man. They've, they've won some money on that fucker. But Anthony Hernandez, man, goddamn. Like, that kid is tough as nails, good striking and I'm going to call it an underrated jiu-jitsu game from what I've seen this weekend. I'm I'm really excited to see that guy fight again, man. I really am very excited to see him fight again. Uh, Vieira is just... It was just your typical heavily... Big, nasty, heavily muscled dude blowing his wad in the first fucking half of the first round. And he did. He just got him. He got him down, put everything into... It. um put everything into the grappling and just blew, blew his cardio. He just went. And you could see it. But on the other hand, Vieira has one hell of a chin because Hernandez lit that fucker up in that in that fight. Crazy. Just crazy fight, man. Like, fuck. I don't... Yeah. Unreal. Truly unreal. Uh, we had a welterweight bout between Bilal, remember the name, Mohammed, against Diego Lima. This... Diego Lima's... The brother of Douglas Lima, who is the uh, welterweight Bellator champion and the best welterweight outside the UFC by bar on The guy is a fucking killer. He's, he's a scary good fighter. He's, he's he's a destroyer. He really is. Go watch some Douglas Lima highlights on YouTube and you will understand this guy fucking destroys people. He's un- unbelievable. I'm a massive fan of Douglas Lima. Diego Lima's is his younger brother. Um. Bilal Mohammed won this bat fight by decision, and he, he just he just bullied Diego Lima against the cage. All of Diego Lima's fights I've seen him lose by the likes of TKO or um, or knockout has been when he's got backed up against the cage and hammered on. And Bilal Mohammed pretty much did this the entire fight. He marched him down, pressured him constantly, and was just un, just landing landing big shots on him. Fair enough on Lima, he didn't go out. I'll give him credit on that, and Lima landed some fucking beautiful leg kicks throughout the fight that definitely had Bilal Muhammad a little bit, a little bit uh, uneasy, shall we say? But Lima, Diego Lima, even looks world class, or he just gets backed up against the cage and bullied. That's how, we, how all of his fights I've watched go, every one of them. Bilal Muhammad, though, is a fucking animal and just a, a relentless pressure fighter. With well, well underrated, well underrated striking, um, yeah, his strikings look better and better. Um, he, he's getting a big fight next. I think, I think he definitely needs to get a big fight next. Without a doubt, he does. Very interesting, man. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, great fighter. Really, really like Bilal Mohammed. Uh, we had women's strawweight. We had Pollyanna Viana versus Mallory Martin. Another unreal submission. Uh, Viana getting the triangle choke and getting it quick as well, man. Getting it quick. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant jiu-jitsu from uh, Pollyanna Viana. Mallory Martin played into the game too easy and got and paid the price for it, to say the least. Uh, yeah, she switched it. Um, I think she switched it triangle, modified the arm into almost like an Americana like back on itself and then I think she finished it by armbar as well and pretty much destroyed her arm in the process so yeah Pollyanna Viana is someone to keep an eye on at straw weight in my opinion she looks like an absolute killer um we had opening the prelims we had a catchweight fight between Andre, Andre Yule and Chris Gutierrez uh Gutierrez I should say um Andre Yule's a like he's a tough style man. Like he's so rangy and lengthy, um, and uh, Gutierrez had a real fucking struggle with him these first couple like first round, and then the leg kicks came. Uh, Gutierrez has some fucking nasty leg kicks, and you've seen this like Andre Yule's tough as fuck because he, both his legs were blown to fuck by that third round. Both legs were compromised. Uh, Chris Gutierrez. Brilliant decision win. Really pulled it back, in my opinion, the second and third round. But yeah, um, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant card, man. Absolutely brilliant. Real good stellar performances to take away from it. Uh, I was really impressed by a lot of people on this card. Um, the entire card we had uh, one, one TKO. The rest was pretty much all submissions and decisions, man. And I'm not mad at that. I really couldn't give a fuck. I'm I'm more than happy with that to be honest. But uh yeah, uh, what I'm going to talk about next? Basically, we're going to do a little circle back around. We're going to talk about the welterweight division, uh, especially with this uh this weekend's fight gone. Uh, there are the welterweight division is an interesting fucking place to be, man. It really is. Now the welterweight division. Where to start? Um, Cameron's been obviously just beat Gilbert Burns in a dominant, well, first round, not so dominant, second and third, absolutely demolished, just demolished him, to say the least. <sighs> now, the big changes this week, we've got Leon Edwards is out of his fight with Hamza Chimeyev. Well, Chimeyev's out of the fight, and UFC and Dana White have said they are moving forward with Leon Edwards getting another fight. Now, uh, Kamaru Usman at his press conference, after his win, just straight away went after Jorge Masvidal which I think it makes sense for me. Uh, Masvidal, obviously, well, through one way or another, he had, what, six days? Six-day notice on his fight against Usman and did five rounds with him. I think after this weekend, that, that pff, you've got to give Masvidal some serious credit for that. You really have. Um, so, yeah, Usman versus Masvidal, for me, makes sense. It really does. I think um, give Masvidal a decent chance. Give him... Give him a full camp and let's see where that goes. I I've got nothing against that. I think that makes sense. It's a big fight. Um, as for Edwards, I think you've got to do Leon Edwards, Colby Corvitton. Like I personally, re- I was fucking gunning for Covington versus Masvidal. I really was. But it is what it is. Um, I think um, Edwards Edwards deserves one of the top top. Th- Edwards is ranked three. Like I don't even know what to do with that. Like he, he Edwards even fights Covington or Masvidal. It's one of the other, and Masvidal by the look of things is in the in the sights of the champion. So we leave that one where it is. Like I think I think that's the only way to do it. at The minute Gilbert Burns, to be fair, Gilbert Burns time off and recuperate and then come back. Um, I think Gilbert Burns is still an absolute murderer in this division. I really do. I think there's a lot of good fights out there for him. We've got um ranked at number 5 got Stephen Thompson and number 6 is Michael Chiesa. Boom, there you go. Have them two fight each other. I think that's a hell of an interesting fight. Chiesa is a is a like a fucking giant wet blanket on top of people on the ground. He's grappling is fucking very good. He is a very good fucking grappler, man. Um Stephen Thompson is arguably on paper the hardest the hardest fight for anyone in that division. Like, the guy's striking his next level, scary good striker, very evasive, hard to catch with anything, Um, yeah, like, Thompson-Kiesa, that's a stylistic clash, and I like it, I really do, I really do. Shout out to James Taylor, actually, we were were talking about the welterweight division last night, talking about who who should fight who, etc., and he called that one out, and judging by the rankings... Makes perfect sense. It honestly does. So shout out to Jimmy on that one. Uh, we are Tyron Woodley. He's fighting Vincente Luque. Um, that fight's already good to go. Good and, apparently it's in the, pretty much sorted. Um, Woodley Woodley's got to pull something out, or he is off to Bellator. I promise you now. The guy's been demolished in his last three fights. Uh, it's fair enough. Like we we're talking about, um, talked about earlier about. Uh, losing streaks and that, and it's, you know, who you lose to and all that, you've got to give credit where credit's due, man, like, Woodley's last losses are against Usman, Covitt and Burns, that's that's three absolute fucking destroyers to say the least, so, but he just need to, he needs to do something, he needs to pull something off, and Vincente Luque will be in his face that entire fight, trying to brawl with him. So, yeah, very. it's a big fight for Luque, and it's a bigger fight for Woodley. Woodley loses this. I think he leaves. I really do. I think he goes off to Bellator. I really do. I really, really do. Uh, you've got Damien Meyer and Neil Magny at 8 and 9. They've already actually fought. Um, Damien Meyer has actually submitted Neil Magny um, in years ago. Also, Meyer, I believe, is having one more fight than retiring. So, I don't know, I don't know where you sit with that one. Uh, we've got Jeff Neal at 11 coming off um, uh, I believe he came off a loss to Wonderboy. Uh, we've got uh, Li Jing Lang coming off a knockout of uh, Santiago Ponzanibio. So, Jeff Neal, Jing Liang, the leech, maybe so. We've got Bilal Mohammed, Robbie Lawler, and Hamza Chameev at 13, 14, and 15. Uh, Robbie Lawler coming to the end of his career, let's be real. Uh, Bilal Mohammed is looking like he's hitting his peak. I think them two would be a fucking brawl. I know for a fact that Bilal Mohammed's not going to try and wrestle fuck Robbie Lawler. I think maybe, maybe that's a good scrap. Maybe that's a good fight to make. Um, the other thing we're going to mix into this is they are bringing back the ultimate fighter competition. Now, um, they've said it's going to be welterweight, two welterweights doing it. Now, Masvidal Usman, maybe, or do you do Edwards and Covington? Ah, uh, Covington, ah, uh, Covington. Sorry, um, they're your options. You even do the two contenders, or you do the champ and the person fighting the champ. I don't know. It's it's the rumor is they were trying to do Masvidal and Covington, um, and couldn't get it done. Now Usman's went out and shouted out Masvidal. I think, I think you have to just direct them on a path to fight. But I think Corvitton and Leon Edwards would be one entertaining fucking season. I think Corvitton, Throw Corvett in there, whatever happens. Get him coaching fighters. Um, yeah, I'd like to see if you can keep up his sort of persona right the way through the season. I'd really be curious to see if he could do that. Um, but the welterweight division at the minute is fucking stacked. It is, I mean... You've got Usman as a champion, Gilbert Burns, 1, Cole Vinton, 2, Leon Edwards, 3, Jorge Masvidal, 4, Stephen Thompson, 5, 6, Mike Chiesa 7, Tyron Woodley, 8, Damian Meyer, 9, Neil Magny, 10, Vincente Luque, 11, Jeff Neal, 12, Li Jingliang, uh, 13, Bilal Mohamed, 14, Robbie Lawler, 15, Hamza Chimeyev. What a fucking murderer's row that is, in every way, shape and form. Just wow. Fucking unreal. Um, there are a lot of hard fights for anyone to get to that top mainstay in that division. There are fucking a lot of hard fucking paths. I don't think there's an easy fight in that division but for anyone. I really don't. Stylistically, I don't think anyone takes out anyone that easy. Um, even the likes of Damian Meyer who's in his 40s and on the cusp of retirement. You fuck about with Meyer, he's going to strangle you into the fucking shadow realm there's no two ways about it so interesting man very interesting but uh, for me just to clarify Usman I think we need Usman Masvidal just direct them on a path to fight uh, Covert and Edwards get them to coach you up and a fighter and fight for a number one contender shot Gilbert Burns tie him off and then can come back and face one of the maybe face Masvidal um, or Usman whichever one wins or loses that title fight Thompson versus Kieso makes sense. We've got Woodley fighting Vincent Vincente Um Meyer and Ma- Magni are probably a little bit in limbo. I think Jeff Neal. Maybe Jeff Neal against Magni, actually. There we go. And, fuck it. Yeah, Damian Meyer versus uh, Jing Liang. Bilal Mohammed versus Robbie Lawler. I like that. And Hamza, we just got to wait till he gets back off his uh, illness with COVID. So, yeah, man very excited, very, very excited about this division at the minute, I really am I think it's it's pretty clear actually, like on the whole of things it's a very clear division on what needs to happen and when, it's just a matter of what the UFC do with it, I think the way I've described it there, I think it's perfect and bang on, I honestly do I think it's right to the point but yeah, but yeah, moving on so this past week, Ariel Hawani sat down with The great Nate Diaz, um, I thought it was absolutely a fucking brilliant interview, Um, Nate as always was entertaining, was honest, and he also speaks in riddles now and then, but (laughs) otherwise from that, I'm a massive fan of Nate Diaz, man, like, he can do no wrong in my eyes, I I just love the guy, I I love both the Nate Diaz brothers, I I have for a long, long time been a massive fan of Nick since I first saw him fight in the UFC. Uh, Nate didn't disappoint. I, I remember watching Nate on uh, the Ultimate Fighter Season 5 where he won that. And yeah, man, the guy is just non stop entertainment for the right or wrong reasons. But I really enjoyed this interview, man. I really did. Uh, I thought it was funny. He had some real funny moments. Nate, Nate just does not give a fuck. He really doesn't. Um, but mainly, I want to take away like what Nate Diaz is openly saying. He's coming back this year for a couple of fights. He wants a couple this year. Um, the big question is who and when and why, I think that they're the big questions what do you do with Nate Diaz, I mean yeah um, he's called out quite a few people he says there's quite a few people out in there that he wants to fight, uh, Poirier being one of them, he wants Poirier at 170, I like how the fact that he just wants fights at 170, he's not chasing titles, he just wants scraps Poirier will give him a fucking scrap um there's quite a few decent names out there. Leon Edwards just threw his name in the hat and said he'd fight him, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, I don't really know what you do with Nate Diaz, really. Um, there's so many options. Obviously, the big talk is... I think the big option would be the Conor rematch, but at the same time, apparently Conor's fighting Poirier for the third time. Um, I can guarantee I guarantee now that if, if Conor loses to Poirier again, which I think he fucking will, um, throw him in there with Nate and I, I see what happens there. That's that's probably uh, Connor's of saving grace there, to be honest. But uh, Nate, yeah, man, Nate Diaz coming back this year. Nick Diaz is rumored to be coming back as well, which is fucking crazy. Uh, he says he's got a list of people he wants to fight. Nate Diaz, though, I just don't know. I don't know where to put him. Um, he said he. I think he called out um, the main people. He said he wanted to fight with the likes of. Uh, uh, Charles Oliveira, uh, Dustin Poirier and I think Connor as well is probably a name in the hat but I think him versus, Dustin, uh, him versus Charles Oliveira is a fucking great fight, um, yeah very good fight but I'd, I'd like to see Nate go back down to 155 man, at 155 that guy was an absolute killer and he's fucked about at 170 and fought quite a few people there but yeah, Nate at 155 is a fucking animal. Like, that guy peaked at 155 in my opinion. Uh, I'd, I'd want to see him go back down there and have a run against some of these guys. I really would. I think it would be a, a very curious fight. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you do with him next. I, I know I've came to a bit of a dead end with this, but I just don't. I don't know where to start. Um, I think there's a handful of fights out there for him. I really do. Inverse Justin Gaethje is a banger like fuck me that would be a war um but I think Nate's quite clear that he wants fight at 170 but how many lightweights will gladly fight another lightweight without cutting weight how many of them I think most of them most of them would go fuck it I'll go I'll, I'll not cut weight for a fight fight at 170 why not I don't see a bother with it mate. I think a lot of people will dive on that but I think the world's world's is oyster for Nate Diaz man that that Guy is a fucking superstar and it's great to see as well. I think it's amazing. Amazing that that guy got catapulted. I think I think one of the one of my favourite moments in MMA history was when he choked out McGregor. I honestly do, like just seeing that guy come into come into that fight with no with just the general for lack of a better term, for the general casual fan base, not knowing who the fuck he was. And the MMA fan base genuinely going, Connor's fucked. I thought it was brilliant. I really did. It was just a real, um, yeah, a real uh, vengeful moment for the uh, hardcore MMA fans, which was, it was amazing to see. I loved it. Uh, but, yeah, that guy got catapulted into stardom, and I could think of no one who deserved it more than that guy. I really can't. But Yeah, I'm just excited to see him fight again. I'm, I'm excited to see who he fights and when he fights. Uh, I really like the idea of just him fighting at 170 against uh any of that lightweight division, but I also I also really, really want him to go down to that lightweight division and make a run for the title. I really do. I think it'd be be interesting as fuck. But yeah, Nate Diaz, everyone, he's coming back, so that that's good enough for me. It really is. So next weekend we've got um fight night again at UFC Apex. Um I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm I'm struggling to get excited about this card. There's a there's not a lot of pulling power on it. The main events are banger. I'm not gonna lie. The main events a really good fight. The core main's pretty good as well. But I mean, the main event's gonna be uh, Curtis Blades against Derek Lewis. <clears throat> Very good fight. Don't get me wrong, but real clash of styles. I think he's a no-brainer. Uh, I just think Curtis Blades wrestle fucks the shit out of Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis can knock anyone out. Probably on this planet, and he's also made a fucking habit of knocking people out after getting dominated for two rounds, and then just cleaning people out in the third. You wanted to see an example of that? Watch these fight with Volkov. Volkov pieced him up for two rounds, and in that third round, Lewis landed a fucking haymaker, put Volkov down, and then slept him on the ground. One of the best, one of the best comeback fights I've ever seen, I think. But Derek Lewis is not to be fucked with. he'll knock ninety percent of people out with one shot. Curtis Blades will take 90% of people down and beat the fuck out of you. Um, yeah, it's it's one of them cards where, I might be totally wrong, man, but there's just, even stylistically, there's not a lot of fights that make me go, like, ooh, interesting. Um, the core main, Ketlin, Ketlin Vieira, uh, against Yannick Um Battle of Grapplers, but I think uh, Vieira... Uh, Vieira just fucking takes her out. I really do. Uh, Ketlin Vieira is a fucking animal women's bantamweight division. She really is. <clears throat> Charles Rosa, um, mainstay in the UFC. Uh, former lightweight, I believe. Now fighting a featherweight. Very good wrestler. Um, he's fighting uh, Derek Minna. Derek Minna, I should say. Yeah. Rosa, very good wrestler. Very good grappler. Curious to see how that goes. We've got Alexei Olnik still fighting at like 40 at year olds. Uh he's fighting Chris Dorcas. Uh Phil Hawes is fighting uh Nasser Dean Imavov. Yeah, there's just not a lot of like star power on this card at all. Andre Vlosky, Tom Aspinall, that's a very good fight, to be fair. Jared Gordon against Danny Chavez, that's a very fucking good fight actually. Uh, Dracar Close uh, Louis Pena yeah not a bad fight actually that's pretty good Eddie Wineland veteran WEC veteran um, UFC veteran as well fighting uh, John Castaneda Uh, Eddie Wineland obviously coming off his knockout loss to Sean O'Malley Uh, there's actually a few few alright fighters on this actually Uh, Nate Lauder against Julian Arosa Lauder always brings it. To be fair, he's he's not the best, but he brings it. Like he'll fucking fight. Uh, Shayna Dodson, Casey O'Neill, Chaz Skelly, mainstay Chaz Skelly. He's been around for time. Uh, He's against uh, Jamal Uh, Emers, Varasa Habi. His little brothers fighting. um, Draco Rodriguez, and then you've got Sergey Spivak versus Jared Aar. Yeah, just it's just not got a lot of... Even the main card, like it just hasn't got a lot of mainstay power on it. I think the prelims will be fun as fuck by the look of it, actually. Well impressed with the prelims. The prelims are full of fun fights. Uh, the main card, though, for a main card for a fight night, right after 2.58, it's a, it's a poor card, poor main card, really is. We'll see. I'm curious. I'll give him a full take on it next week, no doubt, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, not overly impressed, to say the least. Now then, Bellator. Um, Bellator had my curiosity, but now it has my attention. Uh, I I heard there was a tournament coming. Wasn't sure what weight class. And I I am a sucker for a tournament. I think Bellator have it absolutely bang on. Their tournament uh, regime is bang on. I love it. I really do. Um, I... I haven't really watched that much Bellator in the last year, it's just not being captivating at all, it just hasn't, and you know, I'm not a, a, I tend to watch as many different MMA events as I can, but obviously UFC sort of takes most of, most of my attention, but Bellator, I've always enjoyed Bellator, but this year, it just, this last year or so, it hasn't captivated me until now. Bellator are doing a light heavyweight tournament, and it is full of killers. Also, full of a number of um, UFC former UFC champions and champion and uh, title contenders, for that matter. So it's it's a banger. Um, first of all, the first big fight I want to talk about is obviously Bellator just signed Yo Romero. They also signed Anthony Johnson, both former title contenders. Um, Anthony Johnson fought in the UFC at welterweight, middleweight, and was a destroyer at 2 5 and fought for the title twice, Your Romero fought for, I believe, three middleweight UFC titles, and he's going up to 2 or 5 at Bellator, and they've pinned these two fucking savages, against each other, pretty much one of the first fights announced, that's fucking crazy, like I, honestly from a, from a promotional standpoint, being Bellator, I thought they would have took these two gentlemen, and just fed them, two of the other, two or fivers in this division, um, but yeah, balls from Bellator throwing them two against each other. That's a good fight, man. That is a crazy fight. Both guys hit like fucking trucks. Both have a a decent enough wrestling background. Well, you should. Your Romero was a fucking Olympian at wrestling. Your Romero has an amazing wrestling game. Just doesn't fucking use it. He prefers to stand there and try and take people's heads off. Uh Then we've got Phil Davis, former. um former, I believe, former Bellator 205 champion at one point. Um, He's fighting the current champion, um, Vadim Nemkov. Uh, So the winner of Davis and Nemkov will fight the winner of Johnson and Romero. Very exciting. We have Ryan Bader versus Lyoto Machida, who are both um, Lyoto Machida, former 205 champion. Ryan Bader, former top contender at 205, and former Bellator light heavyweight champion, recently losing to uh, Vadim Nemkov. Uh, this is a rematch, actually, from back in, oh, my God, years ago in, in um, UFC. It was on the same card as Brandon Vera versus uh, Shogun Hua. Um, I believe was August 4th, many, many, many years ago. I only know that because i got a poster of it. It's one of my favorite events of all time. Um, so, yeah, them two are rematching. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, then we've got uh, Corey Anderson, former top contender in the UFC at 205. He's fighting um, Yagshin Amoradov, a uh, guy who I've not really... I can't say I've seen him fight before. This is this is an absolute fucking unreal tournament. You've got, you know, like eight or so fighters that are just all world-class and a lot of veterans as well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely really excited about this, eh? like, I really am, I think it's very, I love how Bellator do the tournament stuff, I think it's what, if anything, I think the UFC are avoiding it, because more, they work up more of a, ranking system, but, like, especially with the lightweight division at the minute, in the UFC, if they knocked together a tournament, it would be fucking golden, and it would clear everything up, it really would, but, yeah, Bellator have, um, They've got my attention again with this. They really have. Um, even the opening the opening fights of the likes of Anthony Johnson against Yor Romero. Very excited about that. Phil Davis, Vadim Nemkov. Very excited about that. Uh, Bader versus Machida. Their big rematch. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So this is happening in on April 9th and then April 16th. Um, you're going to have Anderson against uh, Yagish <laughs> Yagish Muradov and Machida vs. Beda, April 9th. April 16th, you're going to have uh, Nemkov Davis and Johnson vs. Romero. Crazy. Like, I couldn't pick a winner for this. I really couldn't. Uh, I have no idea. But it's going to be uh, the finals, going to be in, uh, well, the semis will be April, May, July, and the season finale. Tournament finale will be October, so yeah, it's good, man. It's really good. They've also just announced that they're going to be on, um, I believe, BBC Three are going to start airing Bellator events in the UK, which is absolutely awesome. To be honest, I think that's great, absolutely spot on. But yeah, um, Bellator pulling it back a bit. I think, it, I think the, the work, the best, and the, the thing I enjoy most about Bellator, and the thing I least enjoy is the fact of the promote old talent but I like watching these guys get a bit more of a fair go against people at their own level um but I hate how they don't really they don't do enough to support and promote their up-and-coming fighters um yeah I, I had a rant rant not long ago to a friend of mine when they were promoting uh what's his name Jake Hager is it ex-WWE wrestler they're promoting him as some absolute world beater and I'm like you've got young kids who have spent you know the last 10 years of their life dedicating themselves to MMA to fighting a major organisation who are working their hearts off and then you're bringing in some former fucking pro wrestler to promote and it was the same with um, I believe they were promoting um, James what's his name our ex-rugby player Apparently, he was going to fight in Bellator as well. Fuck knows what's happened there. I couldn't give two fucks, to be honest. But I think promoting to wannabe MMA fighters instead of bringing up your raw, hard-working talent, I think is a bit of a piss take. But that's my issue with Bellator a lot of the time. But then again, the UFC did it with CM Punk, didn't they? So it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, that's going to be me for today, to be honest. i I'm not going to lie, I'm chuffed to bits at a smash through every topic today. Um, I think we're going to do another show later on this week, maybe next weekend. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we're probably going to try, I'm going to try and get another show recorded this week with a good friend of mine, Eden Burnside. Um, I'm just working out technical issues with, with my laptop and how to do that basically over Zoom and such like, because obviously I can't meet up. So, yeah, uh, hopefully going to have another show out for a Thursday night with any luck. We'll see, though. But, yeah, guys, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for, uh, for yeah, listening. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, yeah, if you've not listened to the show before, this is the first time, um, please go like me on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I give updates on when the shows are coming out and what's going to be on the shows on both those platforms. So go check that out. Um, JMA Radio. Thank you as always. Uh, please go to Mix Cloud and places like that and listen to the mixes from all the other DJs on this station. Uh, Timmy's Bar and Kitchen, supplying the uh, community with just delicious vegan food. Please go check them out. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and every all that all that good stuff. Go follow them on all that. And yeah, otherwise from that, take care of yourselves. Look after yourselves. Uh, yeah. That's about it from me. All right, take care, guys. Bye-bye.